any chess players out there? I used to play chess when I was a teenager. I loved playing chess. Came home from school, pulled out the chess set, played, sadly though, by myself, which means I won every game and I lost every game. That's pretty much the way it works when you play chess by yourself. But all my chess boards, chess sets were pretty cheap, usually from Walmart or way back in the day, Kmart. But there was a pretty special chess set that was found in 1831 on the Isle of Lewis in Scotland. It was a medieval chess board with chess pieces made from walrus ivory. Unfortunately, though, five pieces were missing from the game. It wasn't until 200 years later another piece was added to the collection. The grandfather of this anonymous family bought that piece 55 years earlier for six bucks. Six dollars for a walrus ivory chess piece. After he passed away, the chess piece was found in a drawer and it was passed down to the family throughout the years. Finally, they took it to the world-famous Sotheby's Auction House where the staff recognized it, valued it, realized it was one of the missing 12th century Lewis chess pieces, worth to be said around $1.2 million. Oh my. Somewhere in the past, somebody sold what appeared to be just a cheap and crude chess piece that was really good for nothing because it didn't come with the others. They sold it for six bucks. It was worth one million. I don't have those kind of garage sale stories where a painting is found that was sold for five bucks, but Picasso painted it. I don't have any of those stories. Maybe you do. But in life, nothing is more valuable to us than the blessings of God. Even if you held in your hand a $1.2 million chess piece made of walrus ivory, still the blessings of God, all the goodness of God, would be worth so much more. The 68th Psalm tells us, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. On the daily, God blesses us. God blesses us beyond measure. He gives us what we need. He takes from us what we don't. He allows us to cast our cares on him, and he loads us with benefits. It's our responsibility and privilege to cherish the blessings every day from God and not bargain them away for things in this world that really have no value. We're going to talk about a couple of guys, one who did bargain things away that had value, and one who was the recipient and the benefactor of that bargain. We're going to talk about these two twin brothers, one the bargain buyer, one the bargain seller, right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you. I would say good snowy day to you, but you find folks in Miami, well, you don't have snow. But we have it here in Ohio, so good snowy day to you in the Midwest and anywhere else that is snow-covered. I hope you're staying warm, healthy, well, safe, all those good things. You're listening to LJ Harry. I'm your host, and you're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast. It's called a Companion Podcast because there's a student guide. If you have it, you can follow along. It will be your companion as we walk through this episode. If you don't have it, that's all right. Just turn with me in your Bible or just listen to me read from Genesis chapter 25, verses 33 and 34. And Jacob said to Esau, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he, Esau, sold his birthright to Jacob. 
Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. It doesn't sound very delicious. And Esau did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Today we're looking at the lesson that is dated January 23rd, 2022. And it is entitled, Cherish God's Blessings. It's about the story of Jacob and Esau. In Hebrew, names have a lot of meaning. Obviously, in every language, names have meaning. But in Hebrew, when you called somebody by their name, you were calling them by the definition of that name. Jacob's name, which has been told to mean supplanter, really means heel grabber. Not hill grabber, but heel, as in the bottom of your foot. Those names and meanings are interesting because they can either be complimentary or they can be insulting. My name, for example, is Lloyd, and it literally means the hoary head. From the time I was one month old, I was already sentenced to be an old gray-haired man. That's what my name means. How about yours? What does your name mean? And if you don't know, look it up. Check it out on Google. They'll tell you all about it. From Jacob's birth, from the moment of his birth, he lived up to his nickname. In fact, that's probably where he got his nickname. Because when Rebecca, his mother, was about to give birth to him and his brother, her twin sons, just as she was about to give birth, Esau was born first. But as he was coming out of the womb, Jacob reached out and grabbed Esau's heel as if to say, not so fast, bro. See, if Esau is born first, he's the firstborn obviously, but that means he gets the blessing. He gets the birthright. He probably will get either all of or a larger share of the inheritance of his family. And so from the moment Jacob was born, he was reaching for what really belonged to Esau. Jacob couldn't get over the fact the birthright would not be his. He was not the firstborn. He would be taken care of. He would be fine, but he coveted his older brother's birthright. It's amazing, no matter how much some people are blessed by God, they still cover the blessings other people have. They still want what others have. That was certainly the case for Jacob. Now Esau, on the other hand, he didn't value his birthright as much as Jacob did. He made some choices in life that put him in a position to allow other things to become more valuable to him. And we get to Genesis 25, which we read today, and the Bible says he despised his birthright. It means he disesteemed it. In other words, he made it of less value than other things in his life. And Esau was one of those outdoorsy kind of guys. He was out hunting one day. Jacob was home cooking. When Esau returned from a hunt, he was unsuccessful in finding anything. So Esau came home. He was exhausted. He was hungry, probably frustrated. And he could smell the Campbell's cooking that Jacob had in the pot that he was making for lunch. And Esau said to Jacob, hey, bro, Give me some of that stew. Give me some of that red stuff is what one of the translations says. And this was the moment Jacob was waiting for. This was the opportunity to get Esau to sell him something in exchange for some soup. And Jacob really didn't know how his brother would respond. Maybe his brother would say, bro, you're crazy. I'm not giving everything I have just for soup. But Jacob tried. Jacob told Esau, I said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a bowl of soup, no problem, but you got to give me something. And Esau said, okay, fine, what? And Jacob said, I want your birthright. I want everything that's coming to you as the firstborn, I want it for me. Your birthright, your blessing, all of that, I want it. And Esau, as many men do when they're very hungry, <laughs> he wasn't thinking right, he said, 
fine. I don't care. You can have it. I'm going to die anyways. I got to get some soup. <laughs> Esau, Esau could have gone into the house and made himself a sandwich, but instead he insisted. So in that moment, Jacob and Esau struck up a bargain that would change their lives forever. This heel grabber has finally conned his brother out of the one thing that really meant so much to Jacob and so little to Esau, which tells us a whole lot about both of these brothers. What do you think Jacob was thinking at the time he was making this deal of a lifetime? Do you think he was thinking that he was taking advantage of his brother? And if so, have you ever felt regret for taking advantage of somebody, especially if they were vulnerable? We, we need to appreciate what God has given us, the, the value of this birthright. It may not come in cash, but he has given us a wonderful blessing when we have been born again. When God places his spirit within you, it's the most powerful and valuable possession you'll ever have. And it lives, he lives inside of us. And along with the spirit comes a birthright to all the privileges of being a child of God, including eternal life in the presence of God. In Proverbs 23, we're instructed to buy the truth and sell it not. Nothing and no one is worth trading away the blessings of God, our spiritual birthright. Now, Esau was responsible for his actions, but Esau grew up in a dysfunctional home. It's found all throughout the Bible. It's not new. The dysfunction in his home, Rebekah, his mother, loved Jacob, but Isaac, his father, loved him. And so there was a lot of favoritism and a lot of division in their home. The Word of God is filled with references. I've heard people say, well, raising children doesn't come with a manual. Eh, kind of does. The Word of God is filled with references, verses, scriptures, chapters, whole books on how to raise godly children, how to maintain a godly home. With a number of dysfunctional or blended or broken families and homes we have in our world, the need for families to be raised in a spiritual, healthy environment has never been greater. The foundation that parents prepare in the home and build will help determine how our children view the blessings God puts in their lives. Will they esteem and value them or will they disesteem them? If we as parents don't value the things of God, there's a great chance the kids won't either. But if we value the things of God, there's a wonderful chance that they will too. What happens when parents don't love their children equally? And without favoritism, you, you may have seen it even in your own life. It can be pretty damaging. And one may wonder why, why this biased favoritism? Maybe Isaac was an outdoorsy guy and Esau wanted to go hunting with his dad. Jacob was certainly more of an at-home guy, so maybe he spent a lot more time with his mom. However it happened, there was certainly some favoritism there. And that kind of upbringing makes us wonder, did Isaac and Rebecca even talk to each other? Did Isaac and Rebekah even talk to each of the guys? Did they talk to their sons? Did Isaac talk to Jacob? Did Rebekah talk to Esau? Did they ever take time to teach Esau about the value of his birthright, the, the worth, the value of the inheritance he had? Did they ever teach Jacob to be content, to be grateful for the things he had and to be happy for his brother? When Isaac was about to die, he made the decision he was going to bless his firstborn son, Esau. No matter the deal Jacob and Esau struck up, Isaac did not care. He was going to bless Esau. So he asked Esau to go kill him some venison. Go find himself a deer and kill it, prepare it just like he liked it, put some A1 steak sauce all over it and bring it in for him. 
But Esau wasn't the only one to hear that conversation. Rebecca overheard it. And so she found her fair-haired favorite, and she brought Jacob in and said, Jacob, your dad's about to bless your brother. You're going to be out in the cold. You're going to be left with nothing. You do what I tell you to do, and you do it fast. You go find a kid goat from the barn. You bring it in. I will prepare it. I'll make it just like your dad likes it. I'll put A1 steak sauce all over it. We're going to wrap the skins of the goats on your arms and your hands and around your neck. And when you go in to take this meal into your dad, he's going to think you're Esau. And Jacob walks in, says, hey, dad, I brought you your favorite, Bambi Benedict, covered in A1 steak sauce. And his dad said, wait a minute. You sound like Jacob. Come over here. Who are you? And Jacob said, I'm Esau, your firstborn. (laughs) And with that lie, the heel grabber, the con artist, Jacob, deceived his dad. Just moments after Jacob left, Esau came in and he had a tray full of fresh venison prepared for his dad covered in A1 steak sauce. And the Bible says Isaac trembled when he heard Esau's voice because he realized he had been tricked. Jacob, the con artist, the heel grabber, had deceived his own dad. Then Isaac spoke to Esau and said, wait a minute, who are you? And Esau said, Dad, I'm Esau. You know who I am. I know you can't see, but you can hear. You know it's me. And Isaac asked, well, what happened to the guy who just came in here? He he brought me a meal just like I like, and I gave him the blessing. I already gave it away. I, I, I don't know what to do. Imagine how Esau felt. He knew his dad was weak. He knew his dad was was blind. He knew his dad was dying. And Esau knew it would not be long before his dad would die. But Esau just knew as he went out to find that deer, to hunt it, to bring it in, to, to prepare it just like his dad liked, he knew he was going to be blessed. He knew he was going to get everything that was coming to him. He was probably excited about that. And now he gets nothing. His con artist, heel grabber, supplanter, cheater, deceiver brother has stolen everything right out from underneath him. It was bad enough that Jacob bargained to get the birthright in exchange for soup, but to steal the blessing from his dad, well, that was just beyond the pale. The greatest treasures in our lives are the blessings God gives us. God doesn't indiscriminately bless us with no expectation that we would be good stewards of that blessing. He expects us to be good stewards, to protect, to preserve the blessings he gives us, never to allow them to become cheapened as we live our life. We should never take for granted the blessings of God. A few years ago, my lovely Andrea, she was writing down things to be thankful for, and she had a goal to write down 1,000 things to be thankful for. And so every day she would write them down, and they could be something simple. Green lights, (laughs) short lines, raising canes, a particular sermon, a particular service, a particular altar call, Could be money that came in the mail we didn't expect. She just wrote all these things down that she was thankful for. And it was not long that she had written down over 1,000 blessings God had given that she was thankful for. When Esau realized all the blessings that he had coming were gone, he was filled with anguish and anger. Genesis 27 said he cried with an exceeding great and bitter cry. It was anger mixed with anguish, born out of this heart of bitterness and hatred. He begged his dad. He said, Dad, please, you've got to have something for me. I'm your favorite. I'm your firstborn. Bless me. Tragically, though, Isaac didn't have very much left for him. 
Esau was reduced to begging for a scrap of blessing before it was too late. Do you think Esau finally and fully realized what he gave away? Or do you think he was just bitter because his brother Jacob conned him out of it again? But Esau wasn't left entirely without a blessing. It was far less significant and valuable than what he had originally been due. He finally received a shell of this blessing, and he wept as his father pronounced this on him. Isaac said, Esau, your dwelling will be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven above. And you're going to serve your brother, and you're going to live by the sword, but there will dawn a day when you will finally break free, and you'll break the yoke of your brother from off your neck. That was the blessing Isaac gave to Esau. Each of us bears the sole responsibility of cherishing the spiritual blessings God has given us. The spiritual birthright of being born again, that's the greatest experience we will ever have this side of heaven. To realize the God of all glory has forgiven our sins, written his name on our life when we were baptized in Jesus' name, placed his spirit within us, that's beyond comprehension. Knowing that the very presence of God, that in time past people could only experience at a distance, now lives within us, lets us know just how much we should cherish and value and esteem it. What Esau failed to realize, and we must never forget, is some things, once they're lost, we can never regain them. Now, that's not to say we can't be forgiven. Thank God we can. But some blessings God has given us, if we disregard them, if we disesteem them, if we bargain them away, God is not obligated to give them back. And like Esau, there may be other blessings, but perhaps not as great as the ones God originally intended for us. Maybe the plan God had for us was one of great ministry and great opportunity to minister to people, but sin in our life stole away that opportunity. We can certainly be forgiven. We can be restored to right relationship with God, but some of those blessings, they may be gone for good. We have to determine today some things, especially concerning my soul, they're just not for sale. Let's wrap this up. Every day God pronounces these blessings. He deposits from the storehouse of heaven into our accounts on earth. And he does this because he loves us. He desires for us to be blessed. And that doesn't just mean to have a newer house, bigger house, newer car, faster car, better job, more paying job. Some of the blessings God gives us, they cannot be valued with money, but they are truly blessings of the soul. So today, let's determine, let's commit to be faithful to God, to live a life that honors, that pleases God, and to value and to cherish the many blessings God has given us in our lives, and then to be able to share those with others as God blesses us, that we can bless them. Let's pray. I want to pray for a couple of things. First of all, I want to pray that God would help us to protect the blessings he has given us in our lives and to avoid any of the actions or attitudes that will cause us to bargain them away, certainly in exchange for something far less valuable than the blessings, the wonderful blessings of God. Thank you today for your goodness, God. You have richly blessed every one of us. We have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. Thank you for your blessings. I pray help us to cherish them, to esteem them, to value them, especially the blessings you give us spiritually every time we have the opportunity to be in your presence, in your house, with your people, hear your word, feel your spirit. Thank you for those blessings. Help us not to have any attitude or any actions in our lives that would disesteem or 
undervalue the blessings you've given us. Certainly help us to not bargain them away, but rather to value them, to cherish them, and then to share them with others so they can be blessed as we have been blessed. I pray you would help us to do this today. And we give you praise and honor and thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, God's Word for Life listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to click subscribe. That way you'll know every time a God's Word for Life episode drops. And click share so you can share this blessing with somebody else because I hope it's been a blessing to you. You can certainly share it with somebody else. That's a great way to start sharing the blessings of God. So check out our website, PentecostalPublishing.com. We've got a lot of great resources on our website that will help you in your discipleship, your relationship with God, and then helping to disciple somebody else to be closer to God. And next week, we continue our God's Word for Life. This series, it'll be the last lesson of this series, Standing on the Promises of God, and it is dated January 30th, 2022, entitled Holding On to God's Promises. And we continue our story of our deceiver, heel grabber, supplanter, cheater, liar, Jacob, as he runs from his brother Esau. And we're going to see where he goes and where he meets up with God. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.